I, I can't see Marshawn Lynch killing someone. Their defense sucks. The care blood. Solid. This is useless. I don't know why you're playing. Man. Heads up to anyone else in the league. Make me offers, please. I need wide receivers. So, I'm looking for depth. You know, Elliot. Ah, Mason Crosby. Oh, yeah. Mason Crosby. Oh, yeah. Mason Crosby. Oh, yeah. I love Bobby. Ah, Mason Crosby. Travaris Cadet. Mason Crosby. Oh, yeah. Mason Crosby. Oh, yeah. Love <laughs> the I Hate Fantasy Football Podcast starts now. I've always been an advocate of loving fantasy football. I've chosen multiple occasions fantasy football over hanging out with my fiance. But this week, fantasy football has mentally, emotionally, and physically fucked me. <laughs> Oof. I was going into Monday Night Football with a three-point lead and the better player of the two, Zach Ertz, Darius Slayton. I'm like, oh, okay, so I already started planning my next week. All right, so I'm gonna play this guy, and play this guy. I sit down Monday night. And then I see Golden Tate's active. Tony Shepard's active. I'm like, okay, I, I have nothing to worry about. And then all of a sudden, there's Slant, first catch, 35-yard touchdown. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, is this fucking how it's going to happen again? Am I going to lose? So right after, I see New England, um, Philly going down the field. Zach Ertz getting dumb passes, catches, catches. I'm like, okay, we're good. I'm, I'm tied. And then another fucking touchdown with 35 seconds left at the half. And I'm thinking to myself, this is bullshit. This is fucking trash. I got pissed, turned off my TV, went to my bed. And I'm like, I fucking hate football. I went off in the chat. I didn't even watch the game. And then I told Erica, my fiance, I'm like, this is your fault. And she's like, why? Hello. I go, because you were sitting next to me. I was doing good. The minute you decide to go to the room and go to bed, I get fucked. And she's like, oh, I feel so bad, this and that. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. And I fell asleep. What an asshole. So then yeah, I, what a dick. Fuck you. This is my turn to talk shit. Fuck you, Armando. <laughs> so then I wake up the next morning to know that I only lost by one point something. I don't even fucking do the math or anything. And I'm just thinking to myself, this, I hate fucking Monday Night Football. If Greg Zerline didn't get his field goal blocked, maybe I would have won. If Kareem Hunt didn't fucking decide to kick that fucking bitch, right? And get suspended mm -hmm. and kicked off the fucking Chiefs, then he wouldn't be in the Browns and fucking taking away carries from Nick Chubb. Yeah, fuck you, Armando, because you have Kareem Hunt. And, and then if, Travis Kelsey decided to fucking take a direct snap and go in for a touchdown and take Pat Mahomes' touchdown away. There were so many different things. But I have no one to blame but myself. Because I, like an idiot, decided to play 49ers defense against the fucking Saints. And I thought to myself, like, is that a good choice? Maybe they should get good points. And they got me 1.2 points. And no fucking stat correction. I call bullshit. And I fucking hate this league, and I'm contemplating quitting fantasy football at all. I fucking hate it. But then, 
For some reason, I'm still out of the playoffs. I have nothing to do with fantasy football, but I can't fucking delete the app off my phone. And I can't stop going into it thinking what I could have done differently. And I don't stop fucking opening Bleacher Report and using the chat and talking shit. And tomorrow, I'm not invested at all. But am I going to go to Thursday Night Football to so fucking to talk shit with you guys? Of course. Why? Because fantasy football rules everything around me. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Fuck. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love it. <laughs> you got another seven minutes in you? <laughs> Well, there it is, that passion. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there feeling that exact same way after the first week of playoffs. And if you are, then Ryan's right there with you. Thank you for tuning in to the I Hate Fantasy Football podcast for this very, very electrifying week 15. Can, can I ask you guys a question? Why do we, Please do. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why are the highs so high, but the lows are so low and we love it? We answered this for Felmo. I think it was last week. I fucking hate fantasy football, bro. Yeah, this is the time of the year where you either hate it or you love it. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I came in Monday dreading waiting for that game to happen between Philadelphia and uh, the Giants. I was up 24 points. Dixie had Alshon Jeffrey and Philadelphia defense. All he needed was a combined 22 or 23 points. I went to play soccer and I said, fuck this shit. I'm not watching football. I, tur- I opened the app like at 1030. I read Alshon Jeffrey died. He <laughs> 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 didn't literally die, but <laughs> you guys get it. And Philadelphia defense taking a shit. Out for the game. Return unlikely. Yeah. And Philadelphia took a shit. Eli Manny torching the fucking Philadelphia Eagles. I loved it. And that that is why I am now in the semifinals. Yeah, but I thought I had a chance because Rashad Petty got hurt on the first fucking play. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got a chance. I was fucking scared because for some reason also, and I want to bring this to light. Who the fuck is your, your source, Ramos? How the hell do you always <laughs> fucking hit? This guy plays somebody off the waiver wire and they score a touchdown. Anthony Miller, first touchdown this season against me in the fucking playoffs. Darius Lennon, highest scoring of the season against me in the playoffs. I want to know this guy's source and I want to know where the fuck he's getting it and how much he's <laughs> charging him so I can use him next year. Yeah, Ramos has been very lucky, bro. Yeah, Darius Slayton goes off and he started him. But I found this kind of interesting, though. I, I I didn't even know who this person was, honestly, until he actually played him. But I, then I did some research. Well, I just looked on our fantasy football app on Yahoo. And if you go back a few games, you see he basically goes with uh, their matchup, the Giants. They've been using, they've been using him uh, as far back as week 8, scored 22 against Detroit, which is... Their secondary isn't that great. So basically, it's he does as good as the other team's secondary is bad. So the Jets, another good performance, 29 points. Uh, then a few tough matchups. Week 14, again, this is the one that just destroyed Ryan. Uh, 29 points. And man, he has a sweet matchup against Miami. Yeah, but I thought, I thought 
because that was with Daniel Jones, not with Eli Manning. So that was always the surprise. That's a good point. And yeah. then when Eli Manning was playing, Slayton was injured. So I'm like, okay, they don't have a rapport. They don't have any time together. But this guy, for some reason, drops fucking dimes and he does nothing but r- touchdowns or 45-yard catches. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm watching, and I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one, is Darius Slayton the replacement to Odell, that 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 long ball, that 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 quick feet, he he runs the cleanest routes I've seen, and this guy's just a fucking bullet off the line. Is this the new Odell? That 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 Sterling Shepard was supposed to be the replacement. That guy's that 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 guy's una mierda. <laughs> <laughs> Translation of piece of shit. Yeah. Then uh, you have Golden Tate. Who has a similar body type and speed to Odell Beckham, but he doesn't have the skill compared to Odell Beckham. Golden Tate used to do it back in the days, but I think he's a little washed. He's a little older. I also think, I think that's all they have. I also think if if Evan Ingram was healthy, that game would have gone differently. But because he also missed, it kind of fucked me. Yeah, it's crazy how Eli sometimes shows these flashes of greatness. You know, it's like he won those two Super Bowls and then he would drop off. And then you have a performance like this. Well, the first half, the second half, he completely dropped off. Yeah. But I, does that make you wonder at all if uh, if Odell is the wide receiver he's hyped up hyped up to be, or is it because he was paired up with someone like Eli? And for some reason, when Eli has that, you know, I guess there must be some something to uh, to Odell's talent level, you know. But when he's paired with someone like that, he makes him that much better. Thinking also like Antonio Brown with Big Ben, you know. Or it's just a magic pairing. Like for the, the first Super Bowl, it was Plaxico, right? Plaxico Burris. Yeah. That Eli Manning had. Yeah, then Victor Cruz. Then I think the only play that David Tyree ever had in his life was the, the Super catch. Bowl. That helmet catch. I think Odell is athletically gifted. He's just been playing injured and has been hiding it. I don't Not think, to give an excuse, but that, this to it, me answers more of the question: Is is uh, Baker Mayfield that good? I I think we spoke about we've spoken about Baker Mayfield a million times, and I think that Baker Mayfield all he needs is just a dump off wide receiver. Somebody could uh, Jarvis Landry is perfect for him. Mm-hmm. A uh, Higgins is perfect for him. I think Odell Beckham doesn't really fit. For Baker Mayfield, it Odell Beckham would be great with a uh, Philip Rivers, yeah, uh, Drew Brees. You can imagine Odell Beckham with a Russell Wilson that deep pass touch. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Can you imagine him with Mahomes. You need someone like that that can just throw it because Odell's gonna go and get it. He's faster than most of the secondary, so he, he can just go and get it. And that's how that's I the felt. Type of guy he needs. The Giants were using Slayton. They were like, my guy's faster than your guy's. I'm going to throw it up, and you go and catch it. And he did exactly. multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Eli still had something in the cannon. Yeah, it almost felt like that was Eli's last game for some reason. It could be. Like well, after actually, that, he should have just retired. Well, he's playing <laughs> one last game against Miami at home. They said that's most likely his last game. He should have retired after the first half of that game. I think he did retire after the first half. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally checked out. <laughs> like, I'm done. Peace he, out. He, he never showed up. Yeah, but I think the biggest disappointment in the in the Giants has been your boy, Saquon Barkley. Oh, don't even. I don't want to get started on that. I, I close that chapter. 
But I still have to rely on him this two more freaking weeks. Yeah, but I think that I know he, this has been a shitty year. He has been injured, but I I don't want listeners to just uh, let him drop to the fifth round next year or to the fourth round. This guy is talented. Next year he's gonna rebound. He's gonna have a whole off season to recover, ice his body, fucking go a train with Tom Brady's homeboy. The the one but, who feeds oh yeah. him that that juice that keeps him <laughs> young. No, that's a good point. But if you're playing with a but if you're the only smart one that's listening to this podcast and you play with a bunch of fools, then maybe you do want him to fall to the fifth or sixth round because that's a hell of a steal. Yeah, that's true. A solid point there. But then at the same time, you have people who just they don't keep up with any of the offseason moves, any of the offseason training regimens for some of these players and just go by the um, the average draft pick yeah. sheet and they'll just go, hey, Saquon Barkley's number 10. I'll just pick him up here. Yeah. No, there's uh, – I feel like that's what um, separates our league from others is that we've been doing this for a while, one, and two – we we build like it's crazy to think about it and it's fuzzy funny but we build quote unquote a relationship with these fantasy players even though we don't know them in, in a real life but we're like okay like this guy i i like i've liked him for multiple years i'm gonna reach for him or <laughs> or like what happened to me this year which i completely messed up was i forgot and i've told everybody i forgot to to remember, keep in the back of your head who you're drafting. Because I had the ninth pick, and then Alex had the tenth pick. And when we were drafting, I was panicking. I didn't have any of my stuff ready, so I picked Nick Chubb. I should have done Michael Thomas. Because I wanted Michael Thomas on the way back. But then I have to think to myself, I was thinking, is Alex going to take Michael Thomas? But no, Alex likes Le'Veon for some reason. I don't know why. So I picked Nick Chubb. And of course, Le'Veon went. Yeah, but that's unspoken. Le'Veon went, and then Michael Thomas right after. So if I would, and I asked him right after that pick, I go, Alex, if I would have drafted Michael Thomas, would you have taken Nick Chubb? And he said, No, Nick Chubb was never on my board. I wouldn't have taken him. So that's another, another like little uh, nugget that you need to take into next year. Know who you're drafting with. Know if that person or the people you have. Uh, a bond with those players because maybe you could yeah. reach or maybe you could wait and take a guy in later round because you know that he's not even liked in the league. <laughs> yeah, dude, but Chubb is not a bad pick. No, it wasn't. But I, I could have had Michael Thomas and then Nick Chubb instead of getting Nick Chubb and then Tyreek Hill. If it wasn't for injuries, Tyreek Hill would be yeah, a top five, maybe top three Wide receiver. I know, but speaking of this year, Michael Thomas is obviously the better choice of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more consistent, of course. Well, we've given him a lot. We might as well give him our two things. Two things. All right, Ryan, we haven't seen your two things in a while. Well, I haven't seen, I haven't seen my one thing in forever. Oh. Ooh, All right. Um, I know this is a, 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 a topic we talk upon, but is Todd Curley a bust this year? In the sense Todd of, Curley. I'm not familiar with it. T- 
Todd Gurley, let me pull up some uh, stats here. You know, Todd Gurley yeah. has only has zero rushing, zero hundred yard rushing games this year. Last year he has six. Todd Gurley has two hundred yard, hundred total yards this year games, and last year he had seven. Okay, now we all know the talk of are they saving him for the playoffs? Are mm-hmm. they trying to? I guess keep him because it's a long-term plan. But the way I see it, if they don't start using him, they might not even make it to the playoffs. You get me? They're getting to a, a slippery slope that, yes, we're going to protect him, but we need to do what it, what is necessary to make it to the playoffs. And you can see that they're doing that. The last two games, he's had his second and his third highest rushing attempts this season with 19 and 23 right now is he getting the 100 yards no he has he's got 95 and 79 the last two games but what does it do it it forces defenses to step up it forces those those safeties to creep up because at the end of the day you have to keep in your mind Todd Gurley is fucking Todd Gurley he's gonna run it through you and he can possibly break a big one you get me? So that opens the RPOs. That opens the play action. So you could possibly fake it. Let's go deep or dip and dunk plus. So now that they're using Todd Gurley, you get me? That opens everything up for the Rams. But yet again, you drafted Todd Gurley first, second, maybe third round. But the production you're getting out of him and the that that um what is it called? The the running back my committee is in. Do you think that you got what you expected from Todd Gurley? Or did you get something other? You get me? Did you like, fuck, man, I could have gotten Pablo's situation. He could have gotten Dalvin Cook instead of getting Todd Gurley. No. Sorry, no. Dalvin Cook got drafted first. But he could have gotten other, other players rather than Todd Gurley. And I'm pretty sure if you ask Pablo, he'll say the same thing. He's like, fuck, I should have probably stayed away from Todd Gurley and gone somewhere else. But now looking back at his stats, and you're looking back at his less, let's say from since week nine in the pie, he's had a 19-point game, an 18-point game, a 19-point game, and then two stinkers, a seven and a three. I would be satisfied with those numbers. And this is guy's uh, what's keeping him, I know you're looking at the yardage, but he's scoring touchdowns. He's scoring a rushing touchdown on the last two games. Out of those, since the bye, he scored four, which is what – we look for. I mean, I don't give a shit if my running back rushes for 50 yards as long as he has a touchdown at least. That's what really gets us the points. Now look at Ingram. Ingram doesn't run for 120 yards. He'll just score a touchdown, and I'm happy with that because that at the end of the day, he's going to give me a solid 12 to 15. He's been, ta- he's been taking a shit the last two, three weeks, but I know he's going to pick it up, and it's because Lamar Jackson has been running for 100 yards each, each game. And then they put in Gus Edwards because they don't want to tire out Ingram. But it's the touchdown dependency. That's what we look for, in my opinion. So I wouldn't I wouldn't really call Todd Gurley a bust at this point. No, I, I'm satisfied with the points that he's given. I if agree. it was um if we're talking about let's say an average of maybe nine in the single digits yeah. per week, then that's an issue. I think I think the the problem here is you're comparing him to the Todd Gurley, the workhorse that he was early, you know, last year and the year before mm-hmm. that. And I don't think he's ever going to be that again. You know, with his knee issue, um, 
I think they're going to be conservative with him for the rest of his career. And so I think this is the best that you can expect, you know, an average of shit, 18. I mean, that's pretty good. The last few weeks, he did have that one bad game against Baltimore, only three fantasy points. That's Baltimore. That's a yeah. top, top, top five defense, top three defense. So I, I understand your arguments. I'm just saying, would you, are you okay with the price you pay for the production. Mm. I mean, I personally would be would be satisfied and I'll, and that's because I picked a shitty ass first round pick. That's yeah, why. That's exactly. Right. Exactly. my second thing. I it's more of a question. Are you guys willing to draft your first round pick again next year in the first round? No, not I mean no. for me no. Armand, uh Alvaro? I don't think so. I mean, and for the audience, my first round pick this year was James Conner, and mine was first overall uh, Saquon Barkley. So I, I definitely wouldn't get Saquon first overall because, you know, after a down year, you're looking for value. So you don't want to, you know, that'd be a reach. All right. So let's say you have the ninth pick in the draft. Saquon's there. Are you taking him? It depends what else is available. Mm-hmm. Let's say a Michael Thomas is available. I'm going for Michael Thomas. Me too, man. I've had better luck when I draft wide receivers. I rather pick, I, I rather draft at the end of the of the snake. And I'm I'm with Alvaro on this one. I'm historically a wide receiver first round type of guy, and this is the set in the last I don't know how many years since I've been playing. This is the third time I go for a running back. Eddie Lacy was one year, and that's the year that he took a shit. You won that year, didn't you? And I won that year because I traded him. I traded him. Then James Conner was one of them. And actually, I think I've only selected running back twice. I usually go for wide receivers. Look, the past two years, I had Gurley last year drop oh, and, off midseason. And, and Saquon. Then this year, same Saquon, thing. I'm sorry. And then Saquon for me this mm-hmm. year. Same thing happened to me. I, I, I'll be okay with Nick Chubb again in the, in the first round next year. But like you said, I'm more of a... A wide receiver guy as well. I like going wide receiver first. But seeing this year how scarce the, the running back position was, it's really hard to get production. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Nick Chubb's there. Let's go ahead and let's pull that trigger. But but, but but going back to Chubb and next year, and I know we're, we're already talking. We're all too ahead of the game. But Kareem Hunt this year, since he came back, Every game he's been in the double digits. Next year, when the season starts, they're, I believe that they're going to integrate him more into the offense. So it might end up being more of a, a 60-40 timeshare where 60 Chubb, 40 Kareem Hunt. And if Kareem Hunt looks nicer, looks a little bit more elusive, catches the ball more, might end up being a 50-50 timeshare. So it's kind of, I, you have to think about that too. When you're trying to uh, pick up Chubb. Yeah. It's really hard to... It's really hard to find a... uh, In day and age, this time right now, it's hard to find a solid workhorse back that's not in a committee. There's very few. Kareem Hunt. I mean, not Kareem Hunt. Sorry. um, uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And Dalvin Cook, I can say. Because Madison, yes, he gets in. But he doesn't get the workload. He gets when Dalvin Cook takes a break. But it's really hard to find a running back. So 
So that's why I think we all agree that it's best to take a wide receiver than a running back in the first round. Uh, yeah, I think part of it is uh, the life expectancy in terms of a career for a running back that works that much for a workhorse running back. It's probably like two to three years. After that, you're going to see a drop-off. They just get run into the ground. And I think with a wide receiver, you're more likely to get value closer to what you actually expect, especially in the first and second round, where a running back can just have this huge drop-off. And that's it. I mean, it's hard to expect him to get back to where where he used to be. I think I think a lot of first round. I think there's our our first round. I think there's only been two two solid running backs first round: Christian McCaffrey and yeah. Nick Chubb. Because every every other running back shit themselves. Yeah. James Carr didn't do anything. Alvin Kamara didn't do anything, and Saquon injured. So. It showed a lot, a lot of, a lot of, uh, football's a fucking crazy game, dude. Like running backs go down and it start, you start to think, is it a scheme, the team, or is it the runner? And I thought about that. I was hesitant on picking up Kareem Hunt coming back because I thought it was always the Chiefs because when he went out, West did good. When West went out, Damian Williams did good. So I always thought, I'm like, okay, maybe it's the team. It's not the player. But Kareem Hunt has actually proven me wrong that he has value, that he is a good player, and he's joining even with a shitty team like Cleveland. Right. Well, I'm going to piggyback off your idea that football is crazy to give you my first thing, and that's uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, (laughs) this guy is having the run of his career. He's on a four-game winning streak, and it... Each week, he just looks solid. Solid. To quote quote Ryan. (laughs) Uh, And man, I I don't know what the hell. As Miami fans, do you kind of feel bad or do do you feel good for Ryan Tannehill? Oh, I feel happy for Ryan Tannehill because I always said it. Miami system didn't work for him. The coaching here sucked. He had no offensive line. He didn't have the wide receiver weapons. Devontae Parker was the only weapon he had. And what happened to Devontae Parker? Injured, injured, injured. Jarvis Landry was here. He would feed Landry, but only Landry, and that's yeah. it. I, I'm happy for Ryan Tannehill. I I wasn't happy. Why? I was frustrated with him here because you see that the price tag you're paying for a guy that that looked mediocre in a system that wasn't fit for him. But Tennessee's fit for him because they're a run-first offense. So Tannehill, to me, perfect example is an Alex Smith. He's a game manager. He doesn't get that many turnovers. But if he needs to get that first down, he'll get it for you. He's a tough motherfucker. I give him that because that guy's played through injuries. He's gotten beat. You've seen he's done multiple. He puts his body on the line for the greater of the team. But... Like Armando says, the scheme wasn't built for Ryan Tanner in Miami. They didn't have a solid run game like they have with Derrick Henry. That's true. That's a good point. And, yeah, I mean, look, he just needed a change of uh, scenery. And look how things have worked out for him. Hopefully he keeps doing well. And here's some fantasy advice. I think he's a top five fantasy player quarterback this week against the Texans. And, I seriously uh, think that you can ride him to to the end. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that they have a pretty easy schedule coming up. Because they play in the easiest division, in my opinion. You get me? Who do they? They play uh, Houston, and then I believe they play. Who do they play after? Indianapolis. Yeah, they play Houston and New Orleans. 
And then, okay, so yeah, New Orleans probably will be the toughest of the two matchups. But like I said, you know what you're going to get from that offense. It's going to be run Henry 25 times. Run Henry 25 times. And Tannehill just try not to over, don't don't throw picks. Simple. Yeah, I mean, look at the, well, this is leads into my second thing. I was about to say, look at the game that the 49ers just had against New Orleans. And that's my led by my boy Jimmy G. Garoppolo. The statement game is what I like to call this. What they're calling it. Went that was toe a to, hell of a game. Yeah, hell yeah. Went toe-to-toe with Breeze. And uh, threw for 349 yards with four touchdowns. And I think this is the, the game that kind of said, hey, I'm not what's holding the 49ers back. I'm here to compliment the team. I can definitely do this. And that game felt to me like uh, what the 49ers needs to say, hey, we can make it in the Super Bowl and we have a good chance of winning. I think the only ones in the way are the Ravens, to be honest. But they're, to me, the 49ers are, are my team. They're my horse in this race to win the Super Bowl. And I think the driving force behind all this is definitely my boy, George Kittle. That guy's that, did you guys... Did you see that uh, catch and, and run on the on fourth and two? The one that set up the, the field Google. goal? Yeah. Oh, shit, man. That's a hell of a monster, bro. That dude's a beast. Hell yeah. Uh, Jimmy G's a baller. I was one of those. Don't get me wrong. I was one of the doubters. And then, like, bro, that, that what's carrying them is that running game. But they've, the they've switched. And the defense. They've switched running back so many times. But Jimmy G has... Shut the haters and the doubters up in myself, and I'll take blame for it. I've said it too that I told one of my friends that he's a, a 49er fanatic. He said that Jimmy G is a hell of a quarterback. They just don't need him to be a hell of a quarterback. You get me? But we've seen time and time that when they need Jimmy G to step up and get the play, he gets the play done. Now, I also think that Kyle Shanahan is one hell of a coach. That guy, sure. honestly... In my opinion, coach of the year this year. I'll give it to Kyle Shanahan. It's him or Harbaugh. One of the two. But because those two teams are going to... That's going to be the Super Bowl. Baltimore, 49ers. Yeah, I agree. And how did it feel to add insult to injury that the 49ers had their worst defensive showing? Yeah, you can <laughs> you. suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I should have pivoted. I should have. I should have pivoted. And they got the third worst defense this week. And I should have pivoted. If I would have fucking pivoted, I would have been in the playoffs right now. But I stuck to my guns. And that's when I think sometimes you overthink things. You get me? You're like, you're, you, you start to think like, you try to be too smart and try to be too fancy. And you try to do, instead of taking the easy route, you're like, look, let's make this. I think that 49ers are going to do something against Drew Brees. But I have my doubts in the sense of I knew Drew Brees doesn't lose at home. And when it needs to be done, Drew Brees always comes through. But I, for some reason, I thought that that 49er defense could shut them down. Because they did it against Baltimore. No, nah, they didn't get, they didn't drop 50 points, but they held Lamar Jackson to 17 points. So I'm like, if they could stop the MVP to 17 points, I'm pretty sure they could do something. But... Injuries started racking up, and they just couldn't keep up. So, my two things, bro. Uh, Ryan, first of all, your fucking guns suck, so don't ever stick to your guns. 
My hey, first thing. You talk to me is... as a champion. <laughs> You're talking to a two-time champion. Damn. Um, my first thing. AJ Brown, that guy is a fucking beast, man. He is huge too. And the thing is that you you see him side by I mean, he always looked small because he was next to this freaking calf uh Metcalf. Yeah, this freaking rhinoceros um DK Metcalf. That guy's yeah. humongous. He is. <laughs> this is a tight end. He looks like a tight end. Absolutely right. I thought he was gonna convert to tight. I thought they were gonna force him to convert to tight end. He's too big. No, I thought they were going to make him a defensive lineman. That guy's huge. And no, but AJ Brown is legit. If you could somehow pick up AJ Brown right now, he is going to win you your league. Now, my second thing is Emmanuel Sanders. If you, for some apparent reason, started him, dude, congratulations to you. But did you start this him guy? Fuck no, bro. I'm a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> All indications said, do not start Emmanuel Sanders. But let's start playing, John Brown against playing, Baltimore. I had no, I, I, you know what? And I legit, and I've told everybody this story. I flipped a coin because John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders were so close to each other in the rankings. I think they were maybe 20 and 21. Uh, let's say I don't know the number exactly. 21. So I, so I just flipped the coin. It was tails. Brown. It was. I started him. Of course, Brown took a shit. Should throw that coin away. Yeah, that coin sucked. I think I freaking used that coin to put air on my flat tire. Garbage, <laughs> okay. dude. I, thank God I'm never finding that quarter ever again. But this week I'm sticking to Emmanuel Sanders. I'm starting him, and you should too. Well, they put right, Atlanta, no. He's putting a stamp on that. Yeah, start him. Start him. That guy's playing hungry. He well, if he lose, you know where to find him. Yeah. Armando. So how do you guys feel about the Patriots fans booing the team? Well, first of all, you Patriots fans or you so-called Patriot fans who booed an amazing franchise. A franchise who has given you I don't know how many Super Bowls already that – a franchise that keeps you in the playoffs for I don't know how many years. And you're booing them? Really, dude? You guys are pieces of shit. Really, that's what you are. Every person that booed the Patriots during that game should be kicked out. Seriously, they should never be allowed to go into that stadium. Miami Dolphins fans don't even boo their team. <laughs> Miami Dolphins fans. Miami Dolphins. Miami, Miami Dolphins, Dolphins are still number one in their head. Put it like that, dude. And their hearts. <laughs> And their hearts, and they don't boo the Dolphins. And you're going to go and boo the New England Patriots. I know Luna. I know Luna. New England fans are fucking spoiled little bitches because they fucking just win Super Bowls. And the first time that they go down, they start booing. Like, give me a fucking break, bro. You're still 10 and 3, right? And you're leading your division. And you're crying because you're down against the fucking MVP, the, the, the 2018 MVP. Give me a fucking break, you fucking sorry pieces of shit. Dude, you fucking witnessed history for I don't know how many years, bro. This is beautiful. What you're, the, the freaking Belichick and Brady connection, it's beautiful, dude. It's like Picasso and Da Vinci fucking getting together and making tremendo painting, bro. It's that beautiful. It's art, <laughs> what you're watching right now, dude. And you guys are fucking booing. You guys are pieces of shit. Get out of here. Wow. Okay. That's how I feel. 
So you guys think there's anything behind the... Well, we kind of talked about this earlier in the year where there was rumors that Brady might be wanting to leave New England. It might be a, a negotiating tactic. You know, he wants a, a fair contract. I, I honestly don't see him leaving New England, but there was this Patriots reporter recently uh, that said that a possible destination might be Miami. <laughs> so, I know that would be pretty hard for Miami Dolphins fans to... I, I mean, I would take him. I wouldn't. I mean, he's been wrecking the Dolphins for years, and then just to switch <laughs> to start rooting for the guy, that's pretty hard. I, I, I have an idea what the Dolphins would give up. They would give up Rosen and a first-round pick for – oh, no, but he's a free agent. He's a free agent, yeah. Oh, that's true. Whatever. If the Dolphins pay him a pretty penny, then he would play for us. And I think that if that if he, he wants if he wants to join another team, it's to prove a point. Exactly. That he doesn't need Belichick. Yeah, I I just don't see him leaving. Yeah, I think if he if there's any noise in the offseason about him looking for contracts, it'll just be a negotiating tactic. I don't think he'll actually leave. Yeah. I don't want Brady. In the sense of he works only in the scheme for Bill Belichick. Um I don't think that I don't get me wrong. The guy's a goat, but he won't. The guy sucks in Miami. That's <laughs> it. Like the, the the guy can't stand the humidity in Miami. It's how he plays in Miami. He sucks. I don't want him. Like that's washed up once again. We're doing the same shit we always do. We're doing the whole no Sean Moreno. We're doing the fucking let me get everybody else's dirt shit. We're we're basic. The 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 Dolphins aren't the fucking Marlins. You get me? They try to retired. Old ass fucking players and try to strive <laughs> to take us to the homeland. It doesn't fucking work, and we end up throwing money away. So I don't want pay. I don't want Tom Brady. That's it. Damn, well, that's a strong I think, opinion. I think we gave the Patriots enough. Now let's touch back on something we kind of talked about for a bit on the last podcast. And that was this uh, racist 49ers announcer talking about the <laughs> how Lamar Jackson is good at faking handoffs because of his dark skin color. And this guy, um, in response to that, looks like to troll that comment. He came out with a white undershirt, long sleeves, white gloves, and they had the white uniforms on. Yeah, and he only ran for 40 yards. Yeah, that, that uh, was interesting. It's kind of unfortunate that it turned out that way. So I have a, <laughs> I have a funny stat. You want to hear it? For sure. When Lamar Jackson wears his home jerseys, Right when he wears his home jerseys, he averages he averages ninety six point three yards a game. I mean, he's averaged ninety six point yards a game, right? So that's where his home jersey—that's his black or purple jersey. When he's away, he averages seventy three yards a game. So I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but the guy's a current analyst. He's supposed to say what he thinks. And what's going on? Maybe the way he said it was inappropriate, but the guy, the 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 stats speak for themselves. When he's wearing a white shirt, and yes, we all know Lamar Jackson is a man of color. When he wears a white shirt, the ball is more noticeable. Yes, is he good? Like it's not. He's not a fucking magician. He's not putting a fucking football in his helmet and running it. We see the ball. 
But when he wears a black shirt with a black sleeve or no sleeve, he does worse. I mean, he does better. So, so are, yes, are we suspending the guy? Yes, because he's politically incorrect. I understand the way he said it was fucked up, this and that. But the guy wasn't wrong in what he's saying. He's just seeing and expressing what he sees, and he was right by it. But for the way, but he's Ryan, saying, he's tucking the ball into into his body, which is close to the jersey. So if anything, it camouflages with the jersey he's wearing. I understand that. And that's what I'm saying. The stats speak for himself. When he wears his away white jersey, he runs for 73 yards a game. When he's home and he wears his black jersey, he's running for 96. That's 23-yard difference. I just want to clarify that the ball camouflages with the shirt. You know what that means. It's everybody's favorite guest on the show. Please, Belmo, save us. <laughs> hey, fuckers. You gotta stop talking about this shit seriously. Okay, here's a question. So, my fantasy football season is over. What the fuck do I do now? Bye. It's a good question for everyone who plays fantasy football, Thelma. It's kind of the... After that, it, there's a empty feeling where it's like you've been <laughs> stressed out for weeks, and then there's just this emptiness. Uh, yeah, I just go back to hibernating. I I'm the only one that can answer this question. So fuck both of you and shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> we have two sides of the spectrum. We got Armando going to the playoffs, and then we got Alvaro going to the dildo playoffs, or uh, yeah, whatever we the losers playoffs. So what am I doing after football with no football? Emptiness. It's really there's nothing to do. I have no reason to go to my phone. I actually did the 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 little experiment Daniel wanted to do to see the screen time. Uh when I was in season, I was spending, I think it was an average of two to three hours a day on the app, on the fantasy football app, and Bleach Report. Now that football's done, I spent those three and a half hours on Reddit just looking up fights and Instagram. <laughs> Jeez. So, <laughs> fights. There's nothing really, there's nothing to do. Like, I love fantasy football and. I love football in general, so it's kind of hard. So it's the same thing off-season. What do you do? Yeah. Most of the time when I'm in the off-season, I spend my time looking up, like, uh, stats, projections. I listen to podcasts. I look up people's workouts, if they're doing off-season surgery. <laughs> if A whole bunch of shit. Like, it's funny. It's funny, but it entertains me. It makes the day go by faster. When do you start preparing for next year, for next year's draft? As soon as football's done. No. Honestly, like, that's the politically correct answer. Fuck you, Armando. (laughs) (laughs) The correct answer for me, I start preparing for... I start feeling the jitters of fantasy football after the draft. That's when I start preparing. Because I see where people are landing. I see what people are going for. If you drop the running back in the first round, then you know that's what they're doing. If um, they're, they're backups, like Josh Jacobs going to the Oakland. The offseason getting um, Mike Mayock, stuff like that. Like, it makes you start thinking, okay, so where's this guy rank? He's a rookie. He's uh, in an offense that's trash. Last year they were. 
So after fantasy, after the, the, the NFL draft is when I start preparing for fantasy football. Yeah, that's a good time. You start looking at, at the teams filling voids that they need, and that's when you can start looking for rookies that might be steals in the draft. So that's, a, that's good advice. Armando, when do you start preparing for the draft, the fantasy? I, re- I realistically start preparing probably two months before the NFL draft. Before the NFL yeah. draft? Yeah, because I like looking at uh, doing some research on some of the rookies. Because some of those rookies eventually become pretty good prospects for fantasy fantasy football wise. Look at AJ Brown, uh, Hollywood Brown. Um, I fucking hate Hollywood Brown. No. <laughs> um, what's the other wide receiver? Oh my gosh, uh, Darius Slayton. Fuck that guy too. You just targeting me at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But during as, as during this offseason, as soon as playoffs are done, let's say I win the championship. Um, <laughs> this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> I take a mental break from football, and I yeah, and I find other things to do. I'll start. I'm gonna start watching, following basketball more. I mean, mm-hmm. I watch the the Miami Heat are on a roll right now, so I'm yeah. I'm enjoying that. The Florida Panthers are playing very good, so I keep up with other sports. So that's how I keep myself entertained, and then baseball season starts. So at least I have things to keep me entertained. I'm just not a one-dimensional person. I just like football over all these sports, but I still watch other sports to keep me entertained, and I do my little my research here and there. All right, how about you, bro? Yeah, uh, like I said, I agree with Ryan. Uh, I think a little bit after the draft, and when I was start, I don't like starting too early because then my whole year is just consumed with fantasy football, and that's just annoying. Especially in this situation, where I'm in a no-win situation, I'm either lost in the bottom four or I ended up in the very last, which is with the beautiful dildo. And so, Again. especially in that situation, it's like, wow, I spent all this time, all these hours on this for this, for this purple thing in front of me. So that's so for someone like Daniel. Daniel is a very he likes preparing. I know the type of person he is, so I know <laughs> that must be pretty hard, especially the three times he's ended up with that thing. All right. I got a question for both of you. Alvaro, I'm going to yeah, ask yeah. you first. Out of the remaining four at the top, who do you want to get the championship? If you had a rank, I'm doing, let's do an order ranking-wise. Out of the top four rank-wise, who do you want to get it to least get it? This is just going to make me... I don't want to jinx anybody, but I've said that I think Ramos Ramos is my dark horse. I think he has the fantasy gods behind him, and I think this is his year. I think his matchup against you proved that, and I, I don't see that changing. I think he's going to win it all. Um, after that, I don't know how it falls. It doesn't really matter. All right, Armando, you, out of the bottom four, who do you want to get the dildo? want to get the dildo Hansel. Hansel? Hansel, because that guy talks so much shit. I want him <laughs> to get it. <laughs> All right. And he spoke, and he talks so much shit about my trade for Thielen, and now Thielen's back in the fucking semifinals. Just the fuck up, Hansel. <laughs> All right. So now, opposite, Alvaro, beside yourself, who would you want to get the dildo? Hansel. And why? For the same reason or money? Because. Because I, I have a very specific reason why. Because on his own thirteen season, I'm the one who saved them from getting the dildo. 
And that's the season I ended up with the dildo. The same season that I was one win away from making the playoffs. I ended up with a dildo on a season when I was one win away from making the playoffs. And there was a person that was way more deser- deserving than me. And I ended up with that fucking thing. And so now it's payback time. I, It's his turn. Isn't that the like year I said, that he, he played only Dolphins and Jets? That week? Yes, against me. Yes. <laughs> and fuck me. <laughs> wow, that's sad. Uh, Armando, who do you want to get beside yourself? Hold on. The hold on. Did you, did you see the squad that I put together? <laughs> no, I'm going to look at it right now. You know okay. how many people have died on me? Ooh, your whole team. DJ Chark is out. Cal- Calvin Ridley is out. I can't really trust Barkley. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to play. I didn't have a quarterback. I had to pick up the defense. And look at the, the piece of shit team that I had to put together. <laughs> it On my sleeper league, which is the other league I have, I had Mike Evans... Darius guys. No, wasn't that the that wasn't sleeper Rashid. league? That was the fan. No, that was no, that's the sleeper league. I had I have him on the sleeper league. I had Mike Evans, Darius guys, Devontae Parker, all in my starting lineup. I still won the game. Jesus. <laughs> and Rashad Penny in the bench. Oh my god. All of, all for the exception of Parker went to the IR, so I had to drop everybody. Throw a whole new squad in and start these bench warmers. Yeah. But did you see who I'm planning on playing? Fuck it. Let me. I'm, my thing's loading right now. Cole Beasley, and... Amendola, Stephon Diggs, Josh Jacobs, Philip Lindsay. That's a, that's a question mark. I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to be there. That's why. I, if no, Josh, he is, he's, he's up. I mean, he's playing. If he doesn't play, then Philip Lindsay's getting slaughtered in there, and this Watson dude is taking the <laughs> the flex spot. Uh, today they confirmed Jacobs is playing. All right, Armando, beside yourself, who do you want to get the trophy? Not Ramos, not Alex, Paulo Problem. All right, so I'm going to answer both for reasons. To get the dildo, I want Tech to get it, just for the reason being that this year when we're doing the, the, the Wheel of Doom, he says, oh, I don't know why I'm spinning this. I'm not going to lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then to get... The championship, I would like Pablo to get it just because, well, because that guy's been in the playoffs and he's come third, second. He's been there like in your your sense, Alvaro. He's always almost there, but he can't quite get over the hump. But I also Mm -hmm. want him to get it because I want, oh, it's either Pablo or Ramos, but I want Pablo to get it a little bit more because then that would mean. Dixie's the only person in Miami who doesn't have the deal, hasn't had a championship. Everybody in Miami would have a championship besides Dixie. Mm, And I just want to see, not because I hate Dixie, because we all love Dixie. I just like to see a disappointment. It would have been better if they were still working together, but I would just like to see a disappointment and the, 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 the anger in Dixie's eyes that he could have gotten it last year. He didn't get it. And he's like, now everybody has it besides him. And I feel like Pablo's gonna <laughs> flaunt it the most out of everybody up there because Alex oh, is for sure. Alex is nonchalant. Ramos is not as active in the chat, and Armando's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I want to break in the trophy again. 
Yeah, the guy broke their trophy, and he has I've yet had to get so many times. Games. And I always had it in my car. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. Well, what does SC Grocers have for us this week as we wrap up the show? This week, SC Grocers has Vapor Rub for us. Vaporu? That's a brand. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Vaporu. Sorry, get it right, sir. SC Grocers Vapor Rub. If you're feeling sick, it's the winter, it's the flu season. Hold on, is that trademark? Vapor Rub on your chest. Say so, groups. I gotta see if Vapor Rub is trademarked. S E Vapor Rub. S E Vapor Rub. Stuff a little. Yeah, Vapor Rub is trademarked, bro. <laughs> they can't call it Vapor Rub. <laughs> That's trademarked. Oh, it is trademarked? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting sued. Oh, shit. We're getting sued. <laughs> Yo, cut this shit out. <laughs> Hold on. So it's just S E Rub? Yo, this makes this reminds me of that place in Hialeah. I think it was off on 68th. There was this yogurt place called Yogurt Yogurtlandia. Yogurtland, yogurtlandia. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love how I say it in Spanish. Yogurtlandia. <laughs> yogurtlandia. <laughs> they just added IA. <laughs> Sounds like it should be in Game of Thrones. Sounds like it should be in Narnia. <laughs> yogurtlandia. Oh, that is man. funny. Well, Essie Grocer's got that ointment. For when you're sick, that smells like mental. It's a rub. It's vaporu. R O O. Are you R-O- saying in Spanish? Vaporu. Vaporu. <laughs> oh Jesus. Well, enjoy the off season, Ryan. Uh, good luck, Armando. Thank you. And good luck to myself in avoiding that purple thing. Wishing you the best, man. I'm coming for you, Hansel. You don't I, deserve it. Man. I have one more question. Does yeah. Like, if Hansel gets it, does a dildo outweigh your championship so you're back to zero? No, that's fucking nonsense. Good night. You've just listened to the I Hate Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us next week for more nonsense. Goodbye. Fucking Ryan. You're a piece of shit.